Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our 1030 service. Let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to sing a song this morning called Yes, I Will. It just talks about we can praise God wherever we are in life today. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will Lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. Oh, yes, I will lift you high in the Choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Then nothing can stand against. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will last time for all my days. Yes, I will. Praise the Lord this morning.
guys can have a seat. We're going to celebrate with baptism. We'll turn it over to Pastor Allen. Amen. All right. Well, man, we are so excited as always. My favorite way to, uh, to start a service is, is through baptism. And so we are so excited about what God's doing in so many's life. And uh, we've got Miss Annalise Newman here today. And she gave her life to Jesus some time back. Got an opportunity to talk with her here at the church with her mom and dad. And man, we are so very proud of her new life in Christ. And so Miss Annalise, come on down, sweetie. All right, good to use our stool here today. We got some kids coming in as well. We want to be able for them to see uh, as well. So as they're making their way in, uh, and we're just so excited about how God's using uh, Cheryl and, and Heather, all those in the in the back that make such a difference in our uh, kids. By the way, if God is leading you, uh, we would love to have you help as well. And so uh, you, we can find more information about that. You hear a little bit more about that at the end of service uh, today. But Miss Annalise. Have you received Christ as our Lord and Savior? Amen, sweetheart. Well, because of that profession of faith, I baptize you as my sister in Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You want to hold your nose? You want to hold your nose? Hold your nose. There you go. All right. Washed in the blood of Jesus and raised in newness of life. Hey, sweetheart. Praise the Lord, church. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done. And, and man, we're just excited to see how you uh, have moved in Annalise's life and as she's followed you in believer's baptism. Lord, we're so proud of her, and we just thank you, uh, God, for her life in Christ. And God, we pray that you'd be glorified and lifted up in the rest of this service. And Lord, we'll be quick to give you the praise, honor, and glory for it. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. That's awesome. Man, praise the Lord. I am, uh, I'm Will, I'm the worship pastor here, and I'm just so glad that there's so many faces in here. I got to meet some of these family members and some of you guys as well, and if I didn't get to meet you, I'm glad that you're here. And also to all of our guests online, hey everybody, um, I am, uh, I'm just going to read a little bit, and uh, we're going to get into the, to the next part of uh, our worship service, which is going to be continuing in song, okay? So we're going we're gonna to read in Romans chapter 5, um, this is going to start in verse 1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This next song is called Another in the Fire and it just talks about enduring suffering because God is with us. Let's go ahead and stand and we're going to sing this song together.
Should I ever need 
continuation of, of what we've already read is, is continuing on in, in Romans 5 and I'm just telling you guys if if the name of Jesus doesn't do something in your life then then I don't know what's going to do it because I can't you know I can't manufacture this this all the stuff we do up here is, is all uh, in an effort to to bring our attention to Jesus and so this next part that we're going to read is, is talking about what he did for us in the next song we're going to sing is talking about what he did for us. Listen to this. It says, Romans 5, verse 6, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were yet sinners, while we were still sinners, when you were in the dirtiest, darkest, most bottomless pit that you could be in Christ died for us and I'm thankful this morning for that I'm thankful that he didn't leave me the way that I was a few years ago he's changed my heart and I'm thankful for that this song is a testimony of that listen to this alone in my sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope, with no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in. When death was arrested in my life, the ash was redeemed, only beauty remained. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. It's worthy this morning. When death was arrested and my life began. Let's sing about his grace. Oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have made me new now. my chains. I'm a prisoner. No Amen, church. And my shame was a ransom. He canceled my debt and he called me
things that you have done. Lord, if you never did another thing for me, God, you have already done enough by sending Jesus. While I was still a sinner, God, while I had my back turned and I spit in your face, God, you died for me. You sent your only son to die for me. And God, I thank you and I praise you. And God, that does something to me. Lord, I pray that this morning, your spirit, I know he's in the room. The Bible says that when we then we sing praises. You inhabit the praises of your people, God. You make your tent in the praises of your people. And so, God, you're here. And, God, where you are, there is freedom and there is power. In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name. And so, God, I pray that at the name of Jesus, people that are hurting, God, would, would, would surrender this morning. That people that, that are holding back, God, would surrender today. And that, God, you would start revival in our church, God, in my life, in our lives that, God, you would have freedom to speak to us, God, to move in our lives. May you have freedom, Lord, in here to do what you want to do. All for the glory, for the name of Jesus, for the glory of God, Lord. We thank you. We praise you for all that you've done and for what you're going to do today. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. I'm Emily, and Will and I are so thankful that you have decided to join us here at Lindsay Lane North, where we are in the community for the community. If today is your first time visiting, please fill out the Connect card you have received in your bulletin and drop it in the offering bucket on your way out the door today. One of our pastors will personally reach out with a call, text, or email this week to thank you for visiting and to see how we can minister to you. If there's anything we can do for you while you're here, stop by our Next Steps table and someone will be happy to assist you. We hope you have a wonderful day and enjoy the service. Well, amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for choosing to be here at Lindsay Lane North. So we celebrate in our 1030 service, man, God's already done a work in our nine o'clock service. And uh, we believe that God is going to continue to work in this service as well as we get to continue our worship service. We are worshiping in God's Word. And so if you would, turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. 
We're continuing our series, actually the final week of our storied series, uh, as we talk about the kingdom of heaven, as we, we understand what God is communicating through kingdom things. And so we started with the parable of the sower, or the parable of the soils, uh, which gave us the start of the kingdom. This is how the kingdom begins. It begins with a gospel seed. We talked about the wheat and the weeds, which was the separation of the kingdom, that the wheat and the weeds grow up together in our life. The wheat and the weeds, we grow up together with the world, the church and the world coexisting on the same planet, right? But there is a harvest coming, and so we live in light of coming judgment, right? And so that's important for us to live our lives in such a way that we bear fruit, but also that we are sharing that gospel seed as we see the day approaching. We talked about the mustard seed and the leaven last week, which spoke of the insignificant beginnings of the kingdom, but that were created and would culminate into a great thing as a, as a mustard seed, a very small mustard seed creates a large plant and how a little leaven completely leavens an entire loaf of bread in the same way the kingdom of heaven and started with misfits and vagabonds, right? People that nobody would have chosen, Jesus chose to begin his kingdom with. Tax collectors, right? Those that, those that were fishermen, outcasts of society that God used to build his kingdom through. Today, we're going to look at the significance of the kingdom. The significance of the kingdom. Because if we are not convinced that the kingdom of heaven is the most important thing that we could ever go after, then we will never find ourselves in obedience to Christ. Right? If the kingdom of God is not supreme in our life, then our life will begin to look differently. Have you ever had an insignificant conversation with somebody that over the course of time became discovered as a very significant conversation? I've had one of those, had many of those actually. One of them I'll share with you. I remember responding to a text message. My friend sent me a text while I was on vacation. And he said, hey man, something along the lines of, why don't you come and hang out with us on Tuesday night Bible study? Well, my friend knew that I, would, I had been a student at the University of Mobile. That's where I knew. He was one of my former roommates. Uh, and he was still at the university. I was down in Gulf Shores. We were just hanging out at the beach. I was, still, I was living in North Alabama at the time. I had graduated. And he just sent me a innocuous, just, hey, why don't you come hang out with us? We can go do something afterwards. Insignificant, right? So I respond, sure, I'll be there, right? Now, little did I know... That that text message, that conversation that seemed very, very insignificant at the time would put me in the same room with the person that I would spend the rest of my life with. That it would put me in the same room with Rebecca Ostrisky, well, Rebecca Warren at the time, and that we'd get to flirting. And I remember the, the conversation on the way back from the beach. I remember thinking about what I was going to text the whole way back. And then at a red light, I got the courage, because you know, Gulf Shores is full of red lights. Uh, I got the courage to tell her, hey, so I think I like you. 
Something like that. It was real smooth. I'm obviously smooth. But uh, something like that, to which she responded, hey, I think I like you too. And guess what? We liked and liked and liked until we loved, and then we, we got married, right? And so what began very, what seemed very, very insignificant over the course of time, it became revealed that those conversations were, in fact, some of the most, com- most significant conversations in my entire Life. And so when we talk about the significance of the kingdom of God, Jesus is making a point to his disciples now. Now, now the crowds have gone away, and these are, he is gathered in a house with his immediate disciples and possibly their family. And he is trying to explain to them just how significant his kingdom is really is. And so in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 13, read along with me as we begin in verse 44. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a copy of God's Word. Listen to what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and he sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Very similar Stories, But let's jump down to verse 51. As Jesus, speaking with his disciples, wants to make sure they understand the grandeur of what he's spoken to them. In verse 51, he says, Have you understood all these things? And they said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Would you pray with me? Father, illuminate your word afresh and anew for us today. God, may we grow close to you. May we hear from you. And God, through this information, may it bring transformation in our life. Lord, may you use it, God, as we... uh, that we be better equipped to serve you with it. That we would seek you and your kingdom above all else. And God, I pray for the one that hasn't found this relationship with you. Lord, whether they're here in person or or listening online, God, may they respond to your grace before it's everlasting too late. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Let us be good stewards of it now. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. The first thing we see in this story is we see the seeking. Matthew 13, 44 begins with, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. So Jesus around his disciples probably started something like this. Let me tell you a story, men, about a man named Jeb. We'll call him Jeb. We'll just say he was a mountaineer man, and we'll say that he was just trying to keep his family fed, right? And one day he was out, what do you think? Shooting for some food, right? And up from the ground came a bubbling crude oil, right? Black gold and Texas tea. Now, obviously, that's contextualized in our day a little bit, right? Jesus didn't say those exact words, but the idea of what happened to Jeb is exactly what Jesus is describing in this story. A man goes out around on his daily routine, 
right? Searching out a land maybe to purchase. And lo and behold, somewhere along the way, he finds out, hey, there's something hidden in this land that makes it infinitely more valuable than sticker price. There is something about this land that is unseen, that is, that is below the surface, and it has increased the value of this land exponentially, right? He has searched this land, and he has found a secret, right? He has found a secret, and so he has searched it out like Jeb, right? He didn't know that the land was valuable, and all of a sudden, holy cow. Now, this man didn't move to Beverly Hills, but this is the same idea behind the story. Sorry, I, I got a little distracted in my sermon prep, and I just I had to do that. Um, so you could say, possibly, and according to this story, you could say this man was dishonest, right? He, he covered it. He found a treasure. He covered it up. But to understand that, we're not arguing the morals of this man. We're arguing a point. We're not trying to drive it immoral. Jesus is teaching a message, right? He's teaching his people a message. And he said, listen, you're missing the point because if the man had told somebody about the treasure, the land all of a sudden increases and the land cost everything the man had. Right? He could not have purchased the land had he told somebody about the treasure. And so in order for the purchase to be possible, he hid the treasure and he went and began to sell everything that he had. But then he follows it up with this story. In verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. A merchant who set out to find fine pearls. Pearls. This was what he peddled. This is what his vocation revolved around, and he was in search for those pearls. Now, to illustrate this, I've done something that you're unaware of. Actually, my 10 year old has done something that you're unaware of. Amongst the things that he probably has done that I'm unaware of, <laughs> he has hidden. A very cheap plastic set of pearls, a small strand of pearls in this room. He's hidden it in one of the chair back pockets that are around your seat. All right? So do with that information what you will. Somewhere in one of these back seat pockets, there is a small strand of pearls. We got them. Tyler found them. Very nice. Tyler found the pearls. Man, hang on to those pearls for just a second. I'm going to do something with them. Now, there's two observations that I make when I, when I did this experiment. One is nobody was looking for pearls when they arrived. Nobody was looking to where I hid the pearls. Why? You didn't know they were hidden, right? But as soon as I made mention of the pearls, you started looking. Your curiosity got the best of it. You began to look through. Hopefully, you didn't find anything in those, like, you know, old gum or anything like that in those. I did, I forgot, I did not think that that could happen. Um, maybe that didn't happen for you. Hopefully, that didn't. But you began to look. The second observation I would make in that is as soon as the pearls were found, what happened? You quit. You quit looking, right? Now, you don't know how many sets of pearls I've hidden, but you quit when you found one, right? There really is only one, all right? You don't have to look. But those are the observations that I made now. And as elementary as that is, that's exactly the point that Jesus is making in this. Ecclesiastes 4.11 says this. 3.11, excuse me. 
says that God has set, the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon said that he has set eternity in the heart of man. I want you to know in this room today, every single one of us have a great need. We have a great need and we are searching all over the place to find that need. Now the good news is some of us in this room have found it. Some of us have found it and some of us are still searching. But eternity is set in the heart of man. And so there is a desire in man to know what's next. To know not just what's in the future for them or when they will meet their end, but what happens after that end. God has set in man the seed of eternity. And so regardless of how much we seek for fulfillment and satisfaction and joy in this life, my friend, you can search all day long and you will not find it in this life. Now, the world has plenty of suggestions of where to find fulfillment and satisfaction. They have plenty of suggestions. You can find it in fame. You can find it in family. You can find it in popularity. You can find it in finances. You can find it in all these different areas. But my friend, the things of this world will always, always fail to deliver an ultimate satisfaction. Why? Because God has set in the sea, and in man the seed of eternity. And so we have a need and we are searching as we search for the pearls. But when they were found, you quit. You quit searching all of a sudden when you found that there were pearls. Listen to this in your notes. When you've yet to find, you seek. But once it has been found, you serve. Now, what do I mean by that? As soon as we were done seeking, as soon as the, the pearls were found, everybody went back to doing what they were doing, not paying attention to the preacher, right? They just went back to it. It's a joke, but apparently y'all aren't laughing, so apparently the joke's on me. That's, that's what we went. We went about our own business. Why? Because when something's been found, there's no reason to look for it. The grossest thing I've ever done in student ministry was deciding that it was a great idea to do a food fight. Now, let me tell you, all types of craziness broke out when I told people they were throwing food. Well, what about the starving kids in China? So what I said is this is a, this is a leftovers only food fight, right? The, the kids, starving kids in another country aren't getting the, the spaghetti in the back of your refrigerator that's growing hair, all right? It's not happening. So bring that. And let me tell you, they did. And it was horrible. The first time I was hit with the first particle of food after I had said, ready, set, go, I realized I had made a horrible mistake. <laughs> a horrible mistake because I forgot how weak of a stomach I had. Right? And so all of us are just, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. Like after the fight, we were all just, oh, this is horrible. And we literally brought a hose out and we just hosed everybody down. Like it was the nastiest thing ever. But that ain't the worst of it. Because it's about the time everybody got hosed down and cleaned and out, Katie White, who many of you know, screamed out, where is my wedding ring? 
Y'all, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Middle of the summer. It's nighttime. We can't find it now. We circle back the next morning, first thing, first light. We are there. And in summer heat, we are peeling through leftover, day-old food trying to find this heirloom wedding ring that has cost her family no telling how much money. We searched beginning at before 8. Y'all, we found it at 4 p.m., The only reason we found it is we saw a video, and as Katie was going into the sauerkraut, she pulled it out, and we saw her ring. She threw it, and the ring was no longer on her finger. So we looked in like one acre of land that it could own. We had been looking about 20 acres, but we were looking in one acre and we finally found it. Y'all, it was the nastiest thing ever. You know what none of us were doing though at that time? None of us were looking for my ring. You know why? This is on my hand. We weren't looking for my wife's ring because it was on her finger, right? It doesn't make sense to look for things that that are found. But we scoured the earth. I knew that my friend had lost a ring. And so I waded through the nastiest junk I have ever waded through in my life, weak-stomached as I was, to find this wedding ring. Can I tell you it makes equal sense when us who are of the family of God, those that have the kingdom of heaven at their disposal through a relationship with Christ, for us to busy ourselves continuing to search in things that a clueless world continues to search after. For us to be found and continue to be looking is crazy. But the world is seeking. You may be in here today and you may have sought satisfaction and joy and contentment in all these other things. But my friend, it can only be found in Jesus. And so for us as the church, for those that have a relationship with Christ, for us to act like there's something in the world that could provide more satisfaction, more joy, more contentment than Christ is baffling to the world. It's why the greatest detriment to Christianity sometimes is the practical atheism that we practice. That we say God is the most important thing in our life. It is the pearl of great price. It is the treasure hidden in the field. And then we we are still looking for things. And the world's looking at that going, man, they're no different than I am. If they're still chasing after the next promotion, if they're still chasing after the next... uh, you know, the next commitment or the next, the next worldly possession, how are they any different than me? If you've yet defined, you seek. But once you've been found, you serve. If we believe that what we have received in the gospel is of infinite value, then we will exert infinite effort to bring people to that relationship. We will exert infinite effort To see people receive what we have received. Secondly, we see the selling. The selling. I want you to understand that in these parables, Jesus did not lob any softballs. 
right? These weren't softball questions. These guys, God required, Jesus required a great deal out of these men. Listen to Matthew 13, 44. The last part of the verse says, then in his joy. So he finds the, he finds the treasure hidden in the field. He covers it up. And then in his joy, he sells everything that he has. Can you imagine what that looked like? Facebook marketplace, everything goes. He sold all that he had because the sum total of everything that he accumulated only was enough to purchase the sticker price of this land. He gave everything toward it. In order to receive the treasure, he was willing to give it all. And he didn't do it out of obligation. He didn't do it because he felt like he needed to. And he didn't do it out of guilt. He did it in joy because he was convinced what he was getting in return was greater than what he had accumulated before. Matthew 13, 46. Jesus reinforces this idea that this merchant on looking for a great pearl finds a pearl in, in, in verse 46. Who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. What does that mean? It means all of his worldly possessions, and it probably means every other pearl that he had accumulated and searched for since then. He sold everything because this was goals for him. This was the goal. What this pearl offered was greater than anything that he had ever accumulated on his own power. And so in his joy, right, the man sells all that he has. This, this man sells all of his pearls in joy, in satisfaction, because what he was receiving was greater than what he was giving up. And so, Tyler, you got my pearls there. You mind coming up here for just a second? I promise you're going to like it. You won't like it as much as the girl that won yesterday or earlier this morning won it, but you'll like it. So you got this strand of pearls here, and, and here's, here's the thing, man. Like, bottom line, Tyler, I'd like them back. I'd like those pearls back, but here, here's, here's the deal. All right. I'm not going to just make you give them to me, not arm wrestling or anything. I'm willing to pay you for them. I'm going to pay you for them. In fact, those pearls mean enough to me that I will give you $5 to have those pearls. Now, I have insider information. I know how much those pearls cost. Those little plastic pearls cost for three strands, cost $3.99. All right, so that's $1.30. And I'd love to trade you those pearls. Now, now I know Christina probably has her heart set on them already. But if I can get you to part with them, I can promise you, you can buy three strands just like it with this $5 bill. Would you, would you make that exchange with me? <laughs> you don't know. All right, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Same time. All right, good. Appreciate it, man. You enjoy it. Don't spend it all in one place, all right? What's that? Offering buckets at the back. That's right. Uh, worship pastor picking up my slack. I like it. What have we seen? Look in your notes. Surrender only makes sense in the greater context of gain. Surrender's a lot to ask. I mean, think about it. Think about it in battle, man, in war. Surrender's a lot to ask of somebody. Unconditional surrender. Unless... That power that you are asking to surrender is in danger of being wiped off the face of the planet by your forces. 
And then all of a sudden, they've got something to gain from surrender. See, it makes sense to give up a dollar and 25 strand of pearls in order to receive five dollars. It makes sense. And as long as we are convinced that what we are giving up is of less value than what we are gaining, we will do it with contentment and we'll do it in joy. Which is why it's so baffling that we would continue to live in the world if we have said we have surrendered the world. We've given it up. Tyler's not going to receive these pearls back. I'm not going to give them to him. They're mine. He surrendered them. But what he received was of greater value. When God asks for our hearts, he doesn't stop short of surrender. It's why if God only has part of you, he doesn't have any of you. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all in your life. Would you surrender to him? And if you're here and you're outside of a relationship with Christ, I would tell you that the surrendering of your life just makes sense. In the same way, he's telling his disciples, guys, this is so significant that I don't care what you would ever accumulate. The kingdom of God is of more value than anything you could do on your own. So not you shouldn't leverage eternity on your career or these sources. You should leverage all of that on eternity, right? You should slide your chips and go all in on the kingdom of heaven because it is of great and unspeakable value. But there's a transaction that must take place. And if we're not willing to surrender, I believe there is a type of people, I believe Satan works two ways in good old boy country like we are here in Elkmont. I believe he works two ways. In a lot of hearts. I believe sometimes he, con- he, he convinces people, the enemy convinces people that they don't have a relationship with Christ that they do have. That they've surrendered all but because there's new understanding or there's something else that's come to light or because they struggle in some area of their life that they doubt their salvation the whole life, their whole life. But I also believe in this kind of culture there's a type of people that are assured of a salvation they don't have because they have never surrendered all. It's a surrender. It's a transaction. It is an exchange. It is a beautiful exchange. We make out like bandits on this deal, but it requires all of us. It requires all that we have. But surrender only makes sense in the context of greater gain. Thirdly and finally, he finishes, he talks the parable of the nets. Remember, it had a similar message to that of the wheat and the tares, of the wheat and the weeds, talking of the harvest. And then he gathers his guys together and he brings it to a close. Matthew 13, 51 through 52, we see the sending. The sending. We've seen the seeking, we've seen the selling, and finally we see the sending. Look at verse 51. Have you understood all of these things? And they said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure what is new and what is old. 
He starts talking about scribes. Well, who were scribes? Scribes were those that were most acquainted with the Old Testament. Their job literally was to transpose the Old Testament to others. They were to write it out. They were to distribute it out. There was nobody who was more in tune with the words and the message of the Old Testament than a scribe. But there's a problem. Jesus wasn't the biggest fan of the scribes and their running mates, the Pharisees. Turn back in your Bible one page to Matthew chapter 12. Let's read what he says about the scribes. Those in the day that knew the Old Testament, that had memorized it, most of them, who knew how to teach it, listen to what he says of these scribes. Matthew 12, verse 34. You brood of vipers. Not a great start. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? You are evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your heart is evil. How can you speak good? You can't. You're evil. Everything that you spew is evil. Listen to what he says in verse 35. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth good. Evil. So we've got a problem. If the religious leaders of the day who've been entrusted with the message of the Old Testament have gotten it so wrong, they've gotten it so wrong, so twisted, so selfish in their interpretation of it that they have made it about themselves to the extent that Jesus would call them evil. Jesus is saying, we've got to start over. We've got to start over. And he tells his disciples, you are every scribe who has been trained for what? Not the Old Testament, but been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house. That I am training you, I am teaching you the ways of the kingdom so that you will not balk when you look at the Old Testament and you go, well, This Jesus, this Messiah, this kingdom stuff, it doesn't fit in with my interpretation of the Old Testament. He said, no, that's not what a good master does. A good master brings what is old and what is new together. And so instead, the old scribes, they they balked at Jesus. They refused Jesus. They rejected Jesus because Jesus didn't fit what they thought the Old Testament taught of Messiah. Jesus said, I'm training a new scribe that's acquainted with a new covenant. That's acquainted with the kingdom of heaven. And when you view everything, Old Testament, New Testament, you do it through this lens. That's why Tony Evans would would literally pivot his entire ministry on the idea of the kingdom of heaven. Because if we get the kingdom of heaven, then we get everything. What did Jesus say in Matthew 6, 33? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Seek the pearl of great price. Surrender all for the hidden treasure in the field because the junk that you're holding on to just doesn't measure up. I, uh, as I told you, this strand of pearls is not very valuable. 
Reminds me of a story of a little girl who went shopping with her dad one day, grocery shopping, and she saw the little bubblegum machines that had the little trinkets that for sale. She asked her dad, begged her dad, Daddy, please let me have the change from our groceries and let me go and buy me something out of that little machine. So the dad let her, because he's a pushover and girls are allowed to do more things than boys are, at least at my house. She put her money in, she turned it, and out popped a strand of cheap little pearls like this which she immediately put it around her neck and she wore it day in and day out. She fell in love with these pearls. But we know what happens to cheap pearls, don't we? They tarnish quickly. Before long, it became an eyesore. And before long, the, the parents were a little concerned that their daughter kept wearing these things because, look, where are your parents allowing you to wear this garbage out around your neck in public? And one night, the dad came in and he asked his daughter, he said, sweetie, before we get ready for bed and say our prayers, I want to ask you a question. I know you still have those pearls that we got at the grocery store around your neck. Would you, can I ask something hard of you? Would, you? would you give daddy those pearls? Would you just trust daddy and give daddy those, those pearls? She kind of held them. No, daddy, not my pearls. I'll give you anything, else, but don't ask for my pearls. I love, you know I love my pearls. And dad quieted her said their prayers, and he left. The girl thought about it all day, and the next night when daddy showed up in her room, the little girl was crying. The little girl was crying, and she unclasped her necklace of pearls, and she handed it to her dad. And as soon as she did, her dad took a satchel similar to this one, pulled it from behind his back, And he showed her the most beautiful strand of genuine pearls that the little girl had ever seen. So often, we hold on to stuff that we think is so valuable. And God is offering treasure through his grace if we would respond to him we would just respond to a father that we can trust loves us and wants good for us we would see that what he has for us is far greater than anything we could ever receive in this earth this is the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl of great price it's like a treasure that's hidden in a field and if you have this treasure, it should change how we live. We should live in light of that. In your notes, the task of the church is to bring the truth of God's kingdom to man's kingdom. Why is he making his disciples scribes? Because the world doesn't know. The crowd outside doesn't understand. You have to teach them. Teach them to love my kingdom. Teach them to see value as I see value. And teach them to change the world. We are all in this room as a result of the obedience of those men to follow that message. The seeking, the selling, and the sending. They did it all with reckless abandon for what they could receive in Christ. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, you're holding on to the junk of this world... For far too long, I would ask, as 
I would, I would make you aware of the reality that God has offered forgiveness and restoration and redemption through the person of Jesus Christ. And he is inviting you into a relationship with him today. If you're here and you don't have that relationship with Christ, then I would invite you to respond. And listen, can I just tell you, it's worth any of the ramifications that you might be thinking about, the consequences that you may be thinking about even right now. I'm not going to move because dot, dot, dot. He's... It's of greater value than any of those excuses you could come up with. What if somebody sees me? What if somebody thinks I'm already a Christian? What if, what if, what if? But I'm telling you, this relationship with Christ is worth it. But it's going to require your surrender. Giving up of your way of life in order to receive the life that has been given in exchange through Christ. Maybe you're here and we talked about before, maybe maybe you're still searching. Maybe you, you know you have a relationship with Christ, but you are still looking to the world for things that will never satisfy. Can I just, can I encourage you today? Would you look to Jesus? Would you find contentment in him? Would you draw near to him? Seek him first in everything and watch and see how he uses you and watch and see how he brings joy. But whatever decision you need to make today, we're going to have a time of response, and we'd love, love for you to come. If you need to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, if you need to join North, if you need to uh, be baptized this morning, maybe you know you're a child of God and you've never been baptized. Follow the example of Annalise today, and maybe you need to be baptized. Whatever the case may be, I pray that you would respond in obedience to the message of the gospel today. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Lord, I pray that you would prick the hearts of those that need to respond to you in whatever way. Pray that you would receive glory in however we respond. God, we pray that you would do a work in us. Lord, thank you for your kingdom. Thank you for the value that you have placed, you have entrusted in us as stewards. Father, may we live in light of that. God, I pray for the one that needs to do business today. Lord, this altar is open. They can come and pray quietly here. They can pray in their seat, make their altar their seat, or even at home, in their living room or office or car, wherever they're at, they can make that their, their altar, and they can surrender to you before it's everlasting too late. Father, we love you, and we thank you for what you've done in this place and how you've taught us. Now let us respond to that truth. It's in Christ's name we pray. Would you stand to your feet as we sing? Would you respond? Whatever it is the Lord's laid on your heart, would you respond? Allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life as we sing. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son to me. How great the pain of searing loss The Father turns His face away As wounds which mother chosen one Bring many sons to glory My sin upon His shore.
shoulders Ashamed I hear my mocking voice Call out among the scoffers It was my sin that held him there Until it was accomplished His dying breath has brought me life I know that it is finished Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the truth. God, that it is finished. You have finished the work of our salvation so that we would, if we would just respond in faith to you, you would meet us where we're at without us trying to make any superficial changes in our life. You would meet us where we are at and you would give us new life in you. Father, I pray for the one that for whatever reason, Lord, didn't respond in this invitation. I pray that you would continue to move on their heart and life. God, I pray that before they leave today, God, that they would fill that connect card out. Let us know if they made a decision today. Drop it in the offering bucket as they leave. For those that are listening online, that they would follow the link and they would, they would let somebody know about what you're doing in their heart and life. God, we thank you for your word. We pray that it would never return void. Thank you for what you're going to do, how you're going to teach us, how you're going to continue to move in our life, and how you're going to continue to use us in this church to make an eternal difference. Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Y'all check out these announcements, and we'll be dismissed. Good morning, North family. It's Will, and I've got a few things for you before we leave today. Check it out. Our home groups are starting this week. There are multiple options so that you can find the right one. Don't put it off any longer. If you haven't signed up for one, stop by the table in the foyer to sign up, or you can scan the QR code on the back of your bulletin. Next, we are having North 101 today at 3.30 p.m. Child care is going to be provided for everyone attending. North 101 is for anyone who's interested in joining Lindsay Lane North or simply just wanted to learn more about our church. North 101 teaches what we believe as a church, our vision, and our membership details. There's no obligation to become a member by only attending North 101. So whether you're just interested in coming and checking us out or you really do want to join, we encourage you to consider signing up today. And finally, we could not have services each week without so many people stepping up and serving on our ministry teams. Our volunteers are incredible. We have multiple ministry team options that you can get plugged into here at North. If you're on the fence and not sure what to sign up for, let us know and we'll give you details and answer any questions that you have. We encourage all of our members to take that next step and get involved in what's happening here at North. That's all I got for you guys. Y'all have a great day and we'll see you next time. All right, thank you all for joining us today. It's always a good Sunday. It's a good day to be in our church building. Man, it's such a great opportunity to worship together. Uh, our offering buckets are in the back. If you came prepared to tithe or give an offering, we encourage you to do that. There are envelopes in the chair backs in front of you. If you're a guest with us today, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Glad to see you here. Uh, we don't ask our guests to give financially. We just ask that you take that Connect card and drop it in the offering bucket on your way out. 
Uh, there's two other ways you can give. This is uh, a new number this week. You can text LLBC North to 73256. That's our text to give option. So I'll let it up there for a second. I'll let you know that this, it redirects you to the same link that we've always used. And if you have a recurring uh, tithe set up on that, it should remain the same. You shouldn't have to go in and fix that. Uh, also, you can give online at lindsaylanenorth.org. And for those of you watching online, so good uh, to see you joining us today as well. You can give to the address at the bottom of the screen if you prefer to give in cash or check. All right, tonight we've got student ministry. We've got ladies groups. We've got home groups starting up this week. Stop by Next Steps and find out how you can get plugged into what's going on here at Lindsay Lane North. Y'all are dismissed to be in the community and for the community. Have a great week.